do you make Chabad for the 14th day of Elul? We have several, um, several things to mention for the 14th day of Elul, and some of them are sad, and um, some of them are, are positive, but uh, it's also, first of all, it's the Yorzeit, in the order of, uh, of events, it's Yorzeit in the year Tofrej Yud Beis. Again, uh, we're Tovshin Ayin Gimel, so this puts it like 160 years back. Um, so that was the uh, day of passing of the great uh, genius in a chosid. He was no, he was known as Rabbaruch Babrusk. Babrusk is a city. He was the uh, he was the rabbi of that city. Uh, his full name was Rabbaruch Mordechai. Attinger of Babrusk, of the Baruch Mordechai of Babrusk is what he's known of the city of Babrusk. Um, he was one of the great uh, students um, of the Alter Rebbe, uh, Zaman. And there is a long story how he became attracted uh, to the Alter Rebbe and um, so there's a long detailed story how he became attached and became close to the Alter Rebbe. Uh, after the passing of the Alter Rebbe, he was also one of the special Hasidim, the great Hasidim of the Mittler Rebbe, which was the, took over his father's place. And then eventually, after the passing of the Mittler Rebbe, he was of the elder Hasidim of the Tzamach Tzedek, that was the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. So he spanned three all the three Rebbe's. And for 50 years, he served as the rabbi of the city of Babrusk. Uh, also, the opponents, the Mesnagdim of Babrusk, accepted him as their rabbi, and they all had the greatest deal of respect Is for him. Is he the one that, that went up to Lithuania and negotiated a little with them? Or was, they tried to work out their problems? No. no. Uh, not that I know, no. Okay. no. But that's, 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 that's another one. Now... Uh, he says that one of the one of the rabbis describes him as being a very uh, special, very intelligent, and he was just also he was had a very way about him to uh, draw people uh, people's hearts, and he would uh, like a magnet uh, to him. Uh, his love for Torah, his fear of heaven. And even when he would just talk ordinary talk, it was very wise and people would appreciate much his, the way he would express and the way he would say, very sharp and a very, very pleasant. It was a very special person. After the Alter Rebbe passed away, he became totally connected to the Mittler Rebbe and then to the Tzemach Tzedek. In the year Tofrej Yud Aleph, that was one year before he passed, he went up to Eretz Yisrael, and he settled in Yerushalayim, um, and he was there about a year in, in Israel, and then he passed away, and he's buried on the Har Hazesim, on the, on the Mount of Olives, and uh, his interment is next to the Holy Orachayim. Uh, he was like a very humble man. You can imagine somebody with such great qualifications, such great knowledge, such intelligence. But yet, 
he was very humble. And there is a anecdote that is uh, uh, goes around. His home was, you know, like in those homes in those days were like uh, uh, secondary. They weren't paved well. They weren't so there was always like a uh, little puddle of water in front of his house. There was like uh, the drain system didn't work well over there. And they would ask him, why is there always uh, a puddle in front of your house? You know, they asked him. So he would say that uh, our sages tell us that uh, Hashem showed the first man, Adam Arishan, he showed him in the vision all the generation to follow. He showed all the preachers, he showed the rabbis are going to follow. And different sages. So he says when HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Adam Harishan, the first man, he showed him Baruch Mordechai is going to be the Rav of the city of Babrusk. So Adam Harishan gave a spit and he said, Feh, feh, this is a rabbi? He says, this is a... He said, from that spit, there is the eternal puddle that is over here, <laughs> which is his house. That was the expression that he said. They were great philosophers. Now, a little bit uh, moving ahead to the 14th day of El of Tafresh Tzadik Gimel. So this is already in 1933. This is in 1933. Uh, this is the day on the 14th day of El in which the previous Rebbe settled in Warsaw in Poland. Immediately in 1928, after the previous Rebbe left Russia, miraculously, as we've gone through many times, immediately he settled in the city of Riga in Latvia. He settled over there. And he lived from 1928 till 1933. He lived in Riga. And then he went over to Warsaw. Now, Warsaw was a very big Jewish city before the war. It was like sprawling with Hasidic courts with lots and lots of Hasidim. And that, that, that he, went, he moved on the 14th day of Elul because there is a letter that the previous Rebbe writes to the Rebbe, to his son-in-law, to the Rebbe, in which he tells him that... Um, and this is that he's uh, from. This is on the eve of Elul that they're traveling towards uh, towards Warsaw, and uh, they actually came to Warsaw, as we said before, on the 14th day of Elul. Eventually, he only lived for two years. They lived in Warsaw until the summer of Tafresh Tzadik Hay, that's 1935. Then he moved to the city of Atvotsk. So basically, it was Leningrad, then Riga in Latvia, and then uh, Warsaw, and then eventually to Otvotsk. And then, of course, eventually they came to the United States um, to move to the United States in, in 1940. They moved to the United States. Um, another unfortunate event to mem- commemorate in the 14th day of Elul and that is the uh, day that the Rebetz and Chaya Mushka Harnstein, which we'll explain in a minute, she was the daughter of the Rebbe Maharash, 
she was gassed in Treblinka. She was gassed at that date. Um, uh, the Rebbe, at many uh, some occasions, has said that people question about the uh, about the Holocaust, about uh, about Hashem, uh, and where was God? It seemed like that, and how could you keep the faith and all the kind of questions. But the Rebbe said at those occasions that he personally lost many members of his immediate families to the Holocaust. So he more than others is aware of the horrors and they have affected him personally on a personal level. So he's no stranger to what's going on, what, what went on over there. So this is, we're talking about the uh, youngest daughter of the uh, Rebbe Maharash. Now how do we know this specific detail that the day she passed away, the day that they took her, they gassed her, how do we know about that? So he says the Rebbe writes, this is the Rebbe writes it on one of the uh, Maimorim of the uh, of the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe writes over there that he received a letter from this person named Mordechai Unrad. Uh, he was also in Treblinka, he was in that same camp and he was there in the year in the Tavshin Beis, which was 1942. And they were in the same barrack over there, together with my brother-in-law, uh, Rabbi Menachem Mendel HaKoyen, which unfortunately they were gassed too. The previous Rebbe had three daughters. Okay, the Rebbe was married to the daughter Chayamushka. That was the uh, wife of the Rebbe. She was the middle daughter of the previous Rebbe. There was an older daughter whose name was Chana, Rebbe Tzal Chana, was the older daughter. Uh, she was married to a fellow named Rabbi Gurari, which was the Rebbe's brother-in-law, and they were both in uh, in Brooklyn while the Rebbe was the Rebbe became the Rebbe. Uh, Rabbi Gurari was the head of the Lubavitcher Yeshivas. He was the head the administrator over there. Uh, and you know, I don't know if you heard, there was, after a while, there came a problem with the, some of the books, who do they belong to, that was his brother-in-law's son, uh, named Barry, who, 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 who challenged, but that's another story. Here, where, where were they living when, so, at this time? Before so the, this was all. So this, this they were in Poland in they Warsaw. Were in Poland. They were all the in Poland. Was. Yes, the whole family was there. But when the previous Rebbe left uh, left Russia, he took along the whole family with him, and then they got married. But his youngest daughter was married to Harav Menachem Mendel Hakoyen uh, Hardenstein. That was the um, so his brother-in-law is relating to this man about what happened. This Menachem Mendel HaKoyen, which was the Rebbe's brother-in-law, who unfortunately perished also in, by, the, by the Germans, Yimach Shimon. So he, he is telling this to this fellow, to Mordechai Unrad, who relates it to the Rebbe, who the Rebbe is quoting his letter. He told me that in another barrack there are the two women, which is his mother, that's his mother, that's the Rebetzin Chaim Mushka, where we're talking about her yard site, Chaim Mushka Hardenstein, and um, also his wife, uh, the Rebetzin Shana. Shana is, of course, the daughter of the previous Rebbe, and 
um, so Shaina together with Rabbi Menachem Mendel Cohen's his mother, uh, because he was a Harnstein, uh, the Rebbe's brother-in-law was a Harnstein who was uh, the son of uh, of the Rebbe Tzinchaya Mushka, which was the daughter of the Rebbe Maharash. And um, on the 15th day of Elul in Tavshin Beis, uh, the uh, Kapo, that was the uh, Jewish uh, police over there, um, so that they uh, brought him a note to Rabbi Nachman Mendel from his wife, which is the Rebbe Shana, that said that on the 14th day of Elul, his mother, which was uh, Menachem Mendel Cohen's mother, the Rebbe's brother-in-law's mother, was taken to to the gas chambers. And this is unfortunately, you know, the, uh, the sad history, you know, many times, not only is there no remains, but many times we don't even know when these people perished. You know, we don't even have a dates of, we don't have even dates. In this case, you know, you have a date. And, you know, a lot of times what they do when there is an absence of knowledge when a person passed away, they just set some day for the yard site, and that becomes the yard site. When you say Kaddish for them and things like that, because you don't even, uh, you don't even know, you know, when to say Kaddish. You don't even know when to say, yeah. Because when we came to America, we left the whole family there. Right. The, so came here in 1940. Um, yeah, so at that time they barely, yeah, some of the family they were they were scattered at the time already, because once the Germans came in, uh, they were already in. The Germans was there already. September, September 19th. The Germans were in already. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Not sure exactly where each one of these family yes. members were at the time. We know that the Rebbe was uh, in in France at the time. He was first in Berlin, but then he was oh, in yeah, France. That's where the Rebbe was. But where his brother-in-law, where uh, the Rashag, the Rebbe's, the other son-in-law of the Rebbe, was together with the Rebbe when the Rebbe was extracted from from uh, Warsaw. He went back. He he lived in Otvotsk, but then during the war. They went back to Warsaw, and then they lived in Warsaw. They didn't live it; they were hiding out in Warsaw. Yeah, and he came to America after the Germans invaded Poland. Yes, that's right. He came that's after right. they invaded Poland. And he invaded Poland September the first, nineteen thirty-nine. And what happened was over there also. This was a miraculous story. They have today a whole book written up about it. It'd be very interesting to yeah. to read that 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 history. But it was like miraculous. They had the German soldiers, not Nazis, but I think the Germans themselves. Some people in the high things that were helping, they were letting the Rebbe through, and uh, they they traveled at, at, at nighttime with a whole caravan and with a walk. And they, they they had to go through. I mean, I read it, but I don't remember yeah, now yeah. the details. Uh, so it was uh, very, very, For very a, challenging. What? Yeah. And you know, miraculously, yeah, miraculously, they were saved over there, and then. And then, as you know, later on, eventually, they miraculously also saved the Rebbe's life, you know, the Rebbe uh, from France. But apparently, but that uh, with uh, the Rebbe's and Shana, there was nothing that they can do at the time. I'm yeah. not sure exactly they were taken or whatever. I'm not sure exactly yeah. where they were. We have to look in the... In the I mean, it, um, the, in, the, in the France was was later for the invasion, and then the, it was Vichy France. The Vichy, man. The Vichy, Vichy regime. France is like... Whatever you, you, they would take a payoff, and it was very corrupt. But they, but what happened was that they moved to southern France, which That's was a little Vichy. bit, yeah. 
and they would, uh, yeah. So they would, they they moved to the southern France to so it was to other places. It was easier to, to move. Them. Yeah. yeah.